there, listeners. Hello. That was better. start a conversation anyway how do you start the cosmic conversation do you remember the first word you said to introduce yourself to the human race do you remember that cosmic first impression do you remember how good or badly you did <laughs> no <laughs> what is wrong with you <laughs> episode for you today. Before we get into it, why don't you, oh hint master, remind us of what our hint was for this week's episode. A hint master, <laughs> where art thou? <laughs> hint masters, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> It's never not weird. <laughs> the little goblins had it rough, and the hint, be honest, was kind of tough. <laughs> Alright. Wait, I can do it. Just give us the hint already. Okay. Okay, so the hint last week was that huh, this band has had a single on the UK Billboard charts for 205 straight weeks. And who was it? The the answer to the question is one of our personal favorites, The Killers. Yay! The Killers! The Killers. Yeah, shout out time. Shout out time. somebody got it right. Two of you, in fact. Thank you both for playing. That was really cool of you. The first person I will give a shout out to is Sebastian. Yeah! Who, Sebastian! Who didn't even wait for Wednesday guest day. He was, like, on the ball, and he... Amazing. Guessed it right out the bat. You're the real MVP, Sebastian. You, you really are. The second person was Helena. Yeah! <laughs> and I only giggle because it's my sister. No, I didn't tell her. She's just smart. <laughs> She's just that good. Hashtag flawless. Hashtag And flawless. I say that because I can already see her rolling her eyes right now at that comment. You, you really can. <laughs> you uh, <laughs> thank you to both of you for playing along. Please try again next week. But no, seriously, the killers. You know the killers. Who doesn't know the killers? Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Exactly. Authors of the greatest slapper of our generation. The best. The best. Period. Mr. Brightside, the anthem of the whole human race. Doesn't matter where you come from, what you are. Everybody and their mother loves that song. Everybody. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone. 
I say it ominously. Everyone. <laughs> I swear to God, I heard somebody told me on the way to school every day. <laughs> like 2004 into maybe even 2007. Oh my God. Like, just solidly. That's li- that's was... that's literally almost your entire middle school career. Yeah, it was like end of elementary school to like mid middle school. It was just somebody told me and Mr. Brightside on the radio. Also, The Middle by Jimmy Eat World, but that's a conversation for another episode. Those are both two very inappropriate songs. <laughs> Yeah, like right? a nine-year-old. So, I was in the car bobbing my head along to somebody told me. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Brightside, which I never knew. Mm-hmm. I never knew what it was about as a kid. Only figured it out when I was a teenager. And then I was like, oh, why did my mom let me listen to this song? <laughs> Probably because she couldn't escape it because it was on the radio every day. Oh, yeah. Every day. I don't. I don't remember consciously having it be on the radio though. So that's really weird that you had it every day. Uh, maybe it was just um, in my area, but for whatever reason, we loved the Killers back in California. Apparently, which is great. I mean, yeah, I'm about it because it definitely it stands out as one of the more vivid memories I have from, like, childhood is just being in the car with my mom on the way to school, hearing somebody told me to get hyped up for school. (laughs) So, you know, I'm about it. I'm about it. After that, when I was in probably middle school, going into high school, I started watching a lot of uh, VH1 on Saturday mornings. And that was back when VH1 was still playing music video, <laughs> which they don't do anymore, obviously. No. I honestly don't even know what VH1's doing nowadays. They could have disappeared from the earth and I wouldn't even know. It's a lot of <laughs> 80s rewind shows, like, remember the 80s! No. <laughs> yeah. I don't. <laughs> but anyway, so I would, they would play music videos and... When the Read My Mind video came out, they played it constantly. And I don't know if you've seen that music video before. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it's them in Tokyo with these, like, weird suits. It's weird AF. And I'd watch it every morning and just be like, why? But I was intrigued, and I liked the song. And I think that's where my... Killer's love really bloomed from being just a passive listener as a child to being more of more aware of the Killers being a band that I genuinely enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then it was my brother that sort of sealed the sealed the coffin for me in terms of my Killers love, Hot Fuss, Samstown, and Sawdust. He would listen to them a lot. And then I would hear him listen to them a lot, which would make me want to listen to them because I'd be hearing all this music. And at one point in high school, I went through this phase of just listening to the Killers' discography 
as over one does. and over again. As one does. So yeah, they've been around for me for a while. I have memories of the killers in every era of my life. And I think that's really cool. That's why I love them so much. That is cool. Because they've, they're a band that I've grown up with in ways that not a lot of other bands have done for me. Because, like, they started out in, like, early 2000s. So, they've, yeah, they've been making music for my entire life. And they started pretty early around the time I started school. And that's so crazy to me. I was looking at this I was looking at this article once that had um had the Coachella lineups for mm-hmm. like every year since it started or whatever. It was so crazy to see the killers on like a poster from like two thousand four or something. Nice. Because they were like at the very bottom of the list. Because mm-hmm. they weren't big. At that time. And it's... I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. There was a time when the Killers were a new band. (laughs) And that's so weird. It really is. Oh, But yeah, so that's my history with the Killers in a nutshell. It's been a long, loving history. They were... They stuck by me through my entire life. And mad respect to Brandon Flowers for that. How about you? I got introduced to them before I realized that they were an entity because there was a Weird Al song called Pogorama and he like sampled like, I don't know, five or six different songs and one of them was Somebody Told Me and I, <laughs> and I didn't realize he hadn't written those lyrics. Because <laughs> like in my little kid brain, I was like, yeah, that's something ridiculous like Weird Al would write. Oh. <laughs> but um and I, I can't quite shake the feeling because my my older cousin used to introduce me to to some music that like my parents were like iffy on and I, I i thought maybe that she had introduced me to them but the first real vivid memory i have of the killers is um bouncing from youtube video to youtube video while i was in middle school and seeing the music video for mr brightside and absolutely loving it and I was just like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. And they've just been a dietary music staple ever since. Weirdly enough, I think the first one I listened to front to back was Day and Age. And I listened to that a lot in high school. I don't know why. But that's, that's basically where, where I centered my uh, introduction to them. Thank you, Weird Al. Shout out to Weird Al. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Introducing people to music that they didn't know about for... Decades. In my defense, Weird Al's song came out in 2006. So when I first heard it, I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have known any better. But yeah. I do have to say for me personally that my killer's love is very largely centered on their first three albums because of my history with them. Listening to their discography at that time when those albums were out over and over and over again, it was like solidly shaped my killer's love from then on. Well, should we talk about Mr. Brightside? I feel like we can't have a killer's discussion. You have to talk about Mr. Brightside. Yeah. You have to. Oh, man. 
coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. <laughs> There's a reason it hasn't left the charts in over 10 years. It's such a banger. It's such a rager. It's how do you? It's a slapper, a toe tapper. With a song like that, it it just the energy in that song is so electric. Truly, when it starts, everybody knows what song it is. You break out the karaoke, you jam, you air guitar, you do whatever you need to do, and you. Give your 120% to that song. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. It unites a room. It really does. Ugh. It transcends age. It transcends uh, gender. It transcends um, everything. It just, it just, it, it's infectious. It seeps into the very being of, of who you are. And I, I can't explain it. I can't explain why I go ham the minute it comes on the radio. The most infuriating thing I think that ever happened to me was I was in the car with my boss during one of my jobs that I had in college, and he had to transport us around. That was just a thing that he had to do. And Mr. Brightside came on the radio, and I was ready to silently jam out in my head, and he changed the station, and I oh. never forgave him. I didn't forgive him to this day. Oh, come on. It's just so good. No one can take that song away from me. No. No one will ever convince me that that song is not the best song ever. And it's, it's just, just so fun. Granted, did I understand the imagery that was being talked about in that song? Absolutely not. No. It doesn't matter because jealousy turns <laughs> and I really love the chorus, by the way. Does it... Look, I don't even know if it really makes all that much sense. But I love the chorus. It's very provocative. The whole song is provocative. Yeah, but I think that's what I like about the Killers just in general. All of their stuff is just so provocative. Mm. You know? They they mm -hmm. set out to evoke a visceral response within you when they make music and i love that i think that's what music should do it's it's there to make you feel something even if you don't know what it is oh we know we <laughs> i took class no i'm kidding <laughs> but, but seriously it's mm -hmm. just so good it's so mm. ah man and, and the music video is iconic. It just is. Yes. Okay? It really is. Eric Roberts lounging around in the back. Like, Brandon Flowers is just, like, trying to hold himself together. And, like, you can tell he is not doing a very good job. And the beautiful girl dancing in her, her strange eth ethereal blue dress. And it, it, it was just so cool. That was another video that VH1 would play all the time and I would watch it and I had never really seen anything like it up until that point like no. like you had said like it was just so fresh it it was a story it was theatrical it mm -hmm. was dramatic and I love it I yeah. loved it 
And I feel like you can see echoes of it in other music videos that came out around that time, too. Like oh, after. for sure. For sure. And that's that's something that was so great about this music video was that this was, I think, the first time I had seen a music video tell a story without being blatant about it. Like, you know how a mm-hmm. lot of music videos in the early aughts were, like, really obvious about... Here's a singer, he's singing in a round room with weird sets, and then there's, like, a plot happening. Yeah. And it was it's very spelled out, it's very in your face, and this one was much more subtle, and a lot more was implied with, with like, imagery and, and facial tics and whatever, just how expressive his eyes were as he was singing told the whole story. It is mm-hmm. so over the top. And yet understated. It is an enigma. <laughs> I can't really say much more about it. Uh, it slaps. Next question. <laughs> slaps. Moving on. <laughs> that is all. Thank you very much. No further questions. Mm. Hot Fuss is honestly probably my favorite album by the Killers, period. Mm. Every, every single one of these songs. I listened to this entire album so many times. And it has a lot of the iconic killer songs on it, too. It's very raw. Yeah. Somebody Told Me is also on that album, and that is also a banger. I love Somebody Told Me because that was a song that when I heard it, like, I had literally no idea what it meant. I still don't. (laughs) Yeah, and to an extent, I have no idea what it means still, either. I mean, I have more of an idea now, but it's definitely one of those songs that sort of invites you to put your own meaning onto it, mm-hmm. and I like that. I think that's what's so good about it, is that it gives you a framework to tell your own story, and I love that. I think that's the kind of music that really sort of spoke to me during that time in my life, as just a young kid who was sort of starting to explore her musical tastes. Mm-hmm. I think that was a sort of good gateway drug into loving music because it allowed me to sort of be imaginative within my own head along to this song. And I appreciated that. So many of the lines in that song, I didn't understand them, but they just sound so good. Yeah, like there's... <laughs> it's not confidential. I've got potential. Rushing and yeah. rushing around. I don't know what it means. It's, but it's, it sounds like it means something good. It's almost like an abstract painter. Mm-hmm. They throw together all of these different concepts and, wor- and strings of words in ways that are going to create a beautiful picture. Yeah. Or a beautiful melody in this case. I think to that end, like, Some people like abstract art, some people don't. But I am one of those people that likes abstract art, so Mm -hmm. this is amazing. Also on this album is Believe Me, Natalie is a song that I was very, very into. I was obsessed with that song. I just love the refrain. It's just like, believe me, Natalie, listen, Natalie. Like, (laughs) it, it just... It just sounds like he's shaking somebody, trying to get something into her head. It's so cool. And I just love the musicianship within that song. The drums are so compelling. It's so weird talking about the killers, because for so long I just, like, 
enveloped myself in the killers. I never mm-hmm. questioned it. I was just in love with it. Yeah, I feel like they're they're a very easy band to get enveloped by because everything about them is so cohesive and good. Like, everything. It's almost like they put out a project that they don't need you to question it. They don't want you to question it. They just want you to exist within it. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, so many good songs on this song. Jenny was a friend of mine. All these things that I've done. All these things that I've done. Iconic line in that song, so. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Your grandma says that line. (laughs) I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. She does say that line. Yeah, like, everybody says that line. Like, Mm -hmm. your uncles, your aunts, again, like you said at the top of this episode, they transcend age. Yeah, they really do. (laughs) They really, really do. Andy, you're a star. Honestly, what a banger of a first album. You really came out of the gate swinging. And for that, we thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh my god, there's so many great songs on that album. And I know a lot of people say that Samstown is their best album, which I get. It's a really great album. It's a really but... good album. I don't agree that it's their best, but I really Hot... liked it. Yeah. Hot Fuss will always live in my heart. There's just so many good songs on it to me. Speaking of Samstown, let's talk about Bones. <laughs> because I just, I really loved that music video. Oh, uh, I never saw it. Oh, it's so weird! <laughs> At one point, they strip down to their skeletons, and then they do that run thing on the beach, where, you know, like, the romantic slow motion run to each other on the beach, and they're two skeletons, yeah. and then they crash into a pile of bones. That's so depressing. No, but like it's it because it keeps happening. Like there's weird scenarios where they're just a skeleton couple mm-hmm. doing romantic, cute skeleton things, and it was adorable. <laughs> I feel like it fell right into my my love of the uh, the spooky aesthetic. It again, it goes back to their provocative style, I suppose, because I don't know what's more provocative than "Don't you want to feel my bones on your bones." <laughs> Mr. Flowers. Right? Right. You got it. Looking back on it, was I old enough to appreciate the wittiness, the cleverness of that lyric? Probably not, but I am now. And <laughs> it's it's very saucy. It's very saucy, Mr. Flowers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see what you're trying to do, Mr. Flowers. But it's so cool, and I love the whole... It's it's really a sweet song if you really get down to it. Like, it still manages to somehow be a banger and a sweet song. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's more of a bop. No, it's still a banger. It's, it's yeah. very cute. And I have to say, I really like... Here, here's my thing. I'm very picky about men's singing voices. I'm very... I pay very close attention to how people sound... Especially artists who start singing one way and then start singing another way as their careers continue. And when I heard some of the songs on this album, I, because I, I was really deep into into music studies at the time, and I was like, thank God he's learning to sing with with his diaphragm and he's doing better. He's not singing from his throat. And I, was, I, I was really happy for him. I was like, he's singing so well it's so beautiful not that he sounded 
bad before, but my little pretentious middle school mind was like, oh, he's doing it. I really like Bones. Anyway. <laughs> when You Were Young, that song is another one of those songs that unites a room. Mm-hmm. I love the iconic line from that song. He doesn't look a thing like Jesus, but he talks like a gentleman. Do you remember when you were young? Were young. <laughs> it, I think that's such a smart line. That's a clear line that you really, really get the image he's trying and the message he's trying to convey there. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't look a thing like Jesus, but he talks like a gentleman. Just the idea of a young girl seeing this object of affection. It's like hinting at that idea of like, he's not going to save you. He's not a savior. No. But I guess he's okay. Like He does a very good job of capturing the the general aesthetic of people choosing other people who are going to be bad for them. Mm-hmm. Right before they jump off the of the diving board into the the pool that is what will come of this relationship. But no, you're right. It is a very smart song in general. Uh, I also really liked "Read My Mind." In yes, that regard too. But yeah, I love "Read My Mind." That's definitely a song that I would listen to a lot when I was feeling angsty as a teenager. Yeah, it's an angsty song. It's I definitely like... an angsty song. They're the kings uh, of a realistic angst. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good description. Cause it's not like it's not the angst that like early Fall Out Boy or or early punk bands had, where it was like, oh, I'm just really I'm gonna out. die. Yeah, it's not like that. It's more of like this existential anxiety, not even an existential dread, but an anxiety. Cause that's in a way, I think that's what the song kind of captures. Yeah, I like the climax of that song towards the end where he just goes, put your back on me. Put mm-hmm. your ba-. Like, I love that image because it's just like, it captures that sort of frantic desperation. At the, It's almost like the end of like a really, really bad sort of anxiety attack or something. That's fair. And you just feel so exhausted. And you're just like, just, like, here, let me help you. Just lay it all down kind of thing. Like, yeah. That's the that's the image that sticks out to me when I hear that line. It's just somebody that's just so tired and exhausted by their own fears. I don't know if that really fits into what he was trying to go for with that song. Oh, I don't but know. That's what always sort of stuck out to me and that's how I always felt listening to that line Mm -hmm. and it just goes back to the killers being able to create these songs you can exist within and get lost in and sort of bring your own meaning to yeah Sawdust was also a big album for me. Sawdust. Though technically yeah. a compilation album, I 
I was I remember very vividly standing in the FYE with my cousin trying to get some some killers albums and I was like Oh, this one has a really cool cover and she's like that's not really an album. Don't buy that one. Oh. Okay. That sucks. I guess. Just Yeah, cuz I'm I didn't listen to it for a really long time. That sucks. This is great. There's yeah. so many great songs on that album. Oh my god, no. Glamorous indie rock and roll. Yeah. I love that song. Here's That song came at a really great time too. I'd listen to that when I was a budding emo hipster who was too good for pop music. (laughs) And I would listen to it and be like, yeah, indie rock and roll, that's where it's at. Which is really embarrassing in hindsight. No, I mean... But it's just... (laughs) It's but just, how old were you? I mean, like, it's excusable I if was you're under very, age. I was very young. I was in, like, middle school. So, so like, that's fine. You, you can get away with that in middle school. <laughs> but just besides that, it's one of those songs that just makes you feel really cool when you listen to it. Like, there's some... And it's, it's cool, but also funny, because his voice is just so, like, quirky on that song. I don't know. It's a, it, that's a fun one to sing along to. And... I, I would always sing it, admittedly, this is kind of a sad image, but I'd always sing it uh, alone to myself in my room, but like, but it's fun, it's a fun one to sing, and it makes you feel good and lighthearted when you listen to it. Wait, that's also the album with where the white boys dance on it. Yeah. <laughs> I just really like the title <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a really... It's such a jam. That song's a jam. That's a beautiful, beautiful jam. It's weirdly dark. (laughs) And, like, it reminds me of Gypsies for some reason. That's really funny. (laughs) I don't know why. The white boys go to dance at the gypsy camp. Apparently. I don't know. (laughs) But like, That's That's something else. I don't know. There's a weird mystical kind of quality to that song. You just have Brandon Flowers being like, Take me to the place where the white boys dance. <laughs> and He's talking about your bedroom, sweetheart. No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Alright, I'll stop talking about Sawdust, but... Okay. I have to say, human was an experience. Are we human? I think... <laughs> My brother hated that song. No! He's wrong! <laughs> so, like, He's you know... He's wrong! How, you know how your cousin was like, don't buy that one for mm-hmm. Sawdust? My brother was basically just like, day and age is terrible. Humans is a terrible song. That's <laughs> not true. This album was how I got my little brother into the killers. You know why? Spaceman. <laughs> I showed him that music video with Spaceman, and I don't know if you've seen that music video, but, like, at one point, he's walking down this weird uh, spaceship-y interior, and he's got this amazing red... (laughs) It looks like, I don't know, some fantasy space suit of armor with big red feathers coming out of the shoulder pads. (laughs) It was just amazing. It was insane. 
I, I love the drum buildup of that. Like, I love the part with the bridge where, like, it calms down. It's got the, the, the drums are almost playful. Like, they're, they're building the tension, and then they, like, really kill it right before he goes into the final verse. And it's just, it's so good. And his mm-hmm. range, his range on that song is so good. I'm going to stop <laughs> gushing about Space Man. Stone Breaker says it ain't so it made me, I liked it because I too felt like I, I, I sort of didn't belong in places. Like I was trying to make myself fit in places mm-hmm. and I was like, it, it, it was a song for the space cadets and it made me feel better. That's beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. Did, did you know he wrote a Dustland fairy tale for his mom? No. I, I think Dustland Fairy Tale is a really beautiful song. And I always liked it. And I, I love the I don't know. Did you ever read The Outsiders? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I really didn't like that book, but it's a good comparison. Like where it's it's basically like gang warfare in, in like greasers are gonna And there's a girl caught in the middle, although in the outsiders there's no girl, it's just a never mind. Enough with the outsiders. The point is is that a Dustland Fairy Tale is just so bittersweet and it's so sad i don't know it i didn't know he wrote it about his mom until i was doing a little bit of research for this and and that just it it adds a little bit more weight to the chorus where it's um cinderella don't you go to sleep it's such a it's such a pity form of refuge uh don't you know the castle's under siege and everybody needs you like it's oh no Oh no! It's really sad. Oh no! And it's it, it's really ah. The whole song is just so beautifully written. Human was a banger. That's all I'm gonna say about that because we could have a whole hour discussion about human. Mm-hmm. And apparently, the really confusing lyric where everyone's like, "Are we human or are we dancer?" Because at first I thought he was he was saying dancer, and I was like, "Oh yeah, like robots." <laughs> Are we human or are we automatons? Are we Autobots? Who knows? Stay tuned. And then he was like, and then like I heard it was it was clarified as oh no 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 it's it's dancer, and I was like so so what does that mean like a ballerina dancer like like going around in circles in a music box what does this mean? I guess it came from a Hunter S. Thompson novel. I still don't know what it means. Cool. It's a banger though. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. I don't know. This album. This album reminds me a lot of high school because I used to listen to this album on repeat a lot. I can't stay. Neon Tiger. All of it. Just listen to it in depth. It's really good. So, how much of Battleborn did you listen to? Not a w- well. I mean, I listened to the songs in the playlist, but like oh. I like Battleborn and Day and Age. Just a dead zone for me. That's it, fair. When it came out, like, I was just like, uh, my, uh, my brother kind of ruined it for me. No, and that's, look, that's whatever. Although you did miss out, because here's the deal, Miss Atomic Bomb is the sequel to Mr. Brightside. Oh, that makes sense. They do seem like they pair. Yeah, I mean, and then the music wise. video, in the music video, they, they come together again, and I was like... Oh, that's the sequel. <laughs> um, but the big thing for me was that was the year we had started college. 
Yeah. Um, and it was nerve wracking. And I had I didn't listen to it like the day it came out. Like I did not do that. But I did listen to it the same month it came out. And I have to say that the songs uh Be Still and Battleborn were very very helpful because Be Still is the song you listen to when you want somebody to hold you and calm you down when you're anxious about something. Mhm. It's 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 very it's sincere. It's very sincere and and you feel it. You feel like somebody's like telling you like like I don't know, like your mom's coming in, she's hugging you, she's like it's going to be okay. Except it's Brandon Flowers. <laughs> Brandon Flowers is your mom. <laughs> That's what this song is about. And then Battleborn is like, "All right, you're ready to go. You're hard. You're tough. You can take them. You can take them." <laughs> I love that the two are like basically the last two songs on the album. Because mm. it's like, you get Be Still, which is like when you're crying, and then Battleborn when you're ready to get shit done. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. This was cool wonderful. to me. Because yeah. I remember when we saw them live for the first time yes. at the Radio 104.5 birthday show. Mm-hmm. And they had not released this album yet, and they played, um, The Man. Dude, The Man's such a jam. That was legit. That was amazing to hear live. Mm-hmm. And, like, for the first time. That song just makes me want to, like, put on a leather jacket, flip up the collar, walk around, just stun right? on some... <laughs> stun on some fools, like, yeah, what you gonna say about it? I'm The Man. I love the chorus. I love the chorus, right? I got cash in the bank. No, I got gas in the tank. I got money in the bank. <laughs> what you looking at, baby? You're looking at the man. The man. So, so much bravado in that song. Right? It's like, I'm here. I've made it. I'm established. What I'm you, a badass. What you gonna say about it? Nothing. Right? Nothing. I love it. It's got such an attitude. How many singles and... you got? In the Billboard UK chart for 200 weeks. Zero. 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 Because I'm the man. Stun on some haters. I love his voice on that song. Yeah. I'm the man. I got cash. I got money in the bank. So groovy. It's kind of like 70s style groove. I appreciate it. It's got a funk to it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it so much. I got a, the other favorite song I have off that album is Run for Cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, this was a good album. This was the this very good. It was one of the first Killers albums that I had listened to in <laughs> a while. And so yeah. <laughs> when it came out, I was like, alright, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it and see what see what I like. And then I was like, oh my god. All of it. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> That's right. The killers are amazing. <laughs> they took a break and then they came back to remind you. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I love the killer. Good on you, Brandon Flowers. Good on you. And the rest of the band. Yeah, sorry. I- 
Good on all of you. You're all great. I love every single part of Dave, Mark, and Ronnie. You guys are Yeah. You guys are great. No, just really, they hold it down. Like so much of what makes the killers great is the actual music, not just the lyrics and Oh no, it's true. It's it's really true. Like I I I've read it I read an article where it was like they they didn't sound like a cohesive unit. Mm Mm-hmm. Until it was the four of them together at the same time, because they, in the earlier days, like they were trying to like come together, but they weren't. And until they played together for the first time, yeah. all four of them, that's when the magic happened. We've reached the end of our general conversation. What were your favorite songs? How do you want to do this? Okay, all right, my favorite killer songs of all time. So can we exclude Mister Brightside? Because nothing will top Mr. Brightside. I think, I think we can safely exclude Mr. Brightside and Somebody Told Me. Those okay. exist those in a two... league in their own, of their own. Yeah. And it goes without saying. Yeah. It, it's, it just is. <laughs> Alright, let's see here. So it's all these things that I've done. For sure. Bones, for sure. Baseman, for sure. Be still. And the man. Okay, so my favorite songs are gonna have to be definitely the man. Mm-hmm. Cause God. It just feels so cool. Alright. Every every time I hear it, I'm like, I remember seeing this live and it was so good. Yeah. Then Glamorous indie rock and roll. Believe me, Natalie. Read my mind. Uh, Jenny was a friend of mine. Very good. Yeah, that bass line. And when you were young, and then probably last one. Oh, on top. That's a good one. I like the beginning. It's very 90s techno, but then they transform it into a solid rock killer song. And you're like, how did you do that? (laughs) How did you make that cool? (laughs) Yeah, so those are my six favorites. And this one was hard. It really was, because I was tempted to be like, oh, well, I'll I'll just use ten of them. (laughs) Yeah, like... Honorable mention, honestly, to Dustland Fairy Tale, because that's oh, it's so good. Well, we did it. We did. It was it was a toughie, but a goodie. Yeah, we did it. You 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 saw savings as you. Saucy minxes. That's gonna be the title of the episode on the <laughs> saucy minx that is Brandon Flowers. Beautiful. That actually might be a great title. <laughs> it is a great title. But yes. Since we have finished our episode, The Killers, it's time for yours and my favorite segment on our show, Up and Comers! We were not in sync, Jesus. No, no, that was bad. We ruined it. Who do we have today? The band that I have today is a British band called The Escapades. Now, 
I'll make this real easy for you. Currently, they only have one song out. <laughs> Dope. Uno. But it has given me such high expectations for their EP, which is coming out really, really soon. I'm hyped. I want you to get hyped. Go listen to their song, Kleptomaniac. It's on Spotify. It's on SoundCloud. Check it out. If you want some really good rock and roll, go listen to them. Honestly, I have really high hopes for this band. I'm excited. If you want to follow them on Twitter, they are at underscore the escapades. Uh, and on Instagram and Facebook, they're at the escapades band. Give them a listen. If you go, tell them who sent you. Who do you have for us this week? So this week, I am here to talk about a New York-based artist with a French name, Vacances. That is my very Ooh. terrible French pronunciation. But what's not terrible is this artist. <laughs> you like that segue? A, a plus. <laughs> you know, uh, I try. This is why they pay me the no money. Um, <laughs> C'est bon. C'est bon. <laughs> but seriously, they're really good. I listened to their song Colin, which I believe just came out. It's really good. It's funky and it's got an awesome groove and bass line to it and I love it. If you're looking for a good time, he's a great artist to listen to. So I highly recommend it. If you wanna follow him on Twitter, he is Vacance Band. If you don't speak French, that is spelled V-A-C-A-N-C-E-S band. And on Instagram and Facebook, he is Vacance NY. So go check out the song Colin. Shout us out. Tell him that Rhapsody and Reverie sent you. And yeah, we hope you like it. We hope we gave you some good music today. As always, if you got something you want us to check out, Drop it in our DMs, hit us up on Facebook, on all the other socials that we got, and give us some new music, because we love it when y'all do that. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening to episode 12 of Rhapsody and Reverie. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are at Rhapsody Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Super easy to remember, so check us out there. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and we are now on YouTube. So you can listen YouTube. to all of our episodes on YouTube. All of them. And if you want, comment, subscribe, and remember if you do that on YouTube to hit the little bell notification because YouTube is YouTube. Yeah. So, you know, be sure to do that and actually keep tabs on us over there on the YouTube space. Uh, and on the YouTube. On the YouTubes, as the kids are saying. Mm. <laughs> be sure. All ten. All ten kids. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, check out our website, too, for announcements of things. We always say this, but we do have things that we are planning, especially we're cooking yeah, up. Yeah, we're cooking up some good things, especially since listeners, dear listeners, our first season is approaching its end. Oh no! I know, very sad. We have, what? Oh, like, oh no! Oh no! 
We have like three episodes oh until the end of our first season. Oh, I want to say. Like that. I want to say about that. Yeah, three. and then we'll be taking a quick break. A short break. break. You know, eh, well, you know, summer break, summer vacay. But no, because we love you guys so much, we'll be doing a whole lot of other stuff on our uh, website and socials. So basically, you're not getting rid of us after the season's over. No. And we'll be back for season two. So very, very But it is the final countdown for season one. So catch up now if you haven't yeah, already. And so that's why you got to keep it locked because we're going to be updating you on all kinds of stuff. So just keep it locked here. But other than that, it is now time for our hint for next week. So, oh, hint master, oh, hint master, wherefore art thou, hint master? It is I! The hint master! You have returned! (laughs) Indeed I have! Where have you been this entire episode? (laughs) Hiding in my little goblin cave! Trying to write a decent rhyme. Right, just give us the hint. Shut oh, up. Give us the hint. All right. <laughs> this question is intended to vex. What band got their name from the August Apocryphex? You didn't think I knew it, did you? I didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> Came out of left field. I'm the hint master. All right. So the hint for people who can't understand Goblin was what? You want me to drop the voice? Okay. Um, Okay, which band got their name from a rare manuscript called the Argus Apocryphex? Yeah, that's the end. I hope we showed you how to love the killers. Because mm-hmm. we want to be the podcast that's on top of your fave list. Oh boy. We think they're just wonderful, wonderful. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a rut, be still, Neon Tiger. <laughs> and Ruby, don't take your love to town. <laughs> Move away to where the white boys dance. That glamorous indie rock and roll. Yeah, you're gonna meet a guy, and you'll know just that Andy is a star. I, and I, I really regret all these things that I've done. Believe me, Natalie. <laughs> Jenny was a friend of mine <laughs> when you were young. All right. Exit lewd. <laughs> all right, guys. I'll stop because I can't stay. We hate to leave all your pretty faces. But this river is wild. And somebody told me to smile like you mean it. Because I'm Mr. Brightside. And there's a spaceman calling for me. So good night and travel well. (laughs) Oh, if you could read my mind. So many puns. Bye. (laughs) 